Welcome to the teaching time today. Everyday faith, it simply serves. Well, my mom taught me that every day before you leave the house, Jimmy, you make that bed. Before you leave for the day, you make sure that you make that bed. It became an everyday, ordinary experience in my growing up years, in my childhood. And to this day, I make sure every morning I make the bed because my mama taught me that that's what you do. Well, serving is an everyday, ordinary fact for you, child of God. It's just an expectation to be part of God's family that you're gonna take on the role of one who sees the world and sees other people in such a way that you're gonna say, how can I serve you? In the book of Philippians, the theme is on joy. Love the theme of joy. But in the midst of this huge theme of joy and thanksgiving, in Philippians chapter two, there's this lengthy section of scripture that teaches us about serving. Hear the word of the Lord, Philippians two, verse five. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who took on the very nature of a servant. Serving is profound. I had the privilege to work at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Lexington, Kentucky, attached to the convention center, attached to historic Rupp Arena, where the University of Kentucky Wildcats would play their basketball game. It was the hub of things happening in the bluegrass state. And I was a server at the restaurant. And they taught me, when you go to a table, Jim, introduce yourself, and this is what you do. Hi, my name's Jim and I'm gonna be your server today. I didn't wanna say that. <laughs> I didn't wanna out myself as a server. I wanna say, hey, I'm Jim, how can I help you today? I mean, just, you know, hanging on the periphery, the edges, I'm here to help you. But I didn't wanna to totally out myself as the one who was in the role of serving. But that's exactly what the expectation is in the kingdom of God. So how about we just Declare that out loud. You're going to insert your name and you're going to say, I am here to serve you today. And you're saying that in a, in a nondescript fashion to anybody who would cross your path. You ready? Let these words roll out of your mouth. Hi, my name is Jim and I am here to serve you today. Hey, you're all right. You're doing well. Hang in there, servant of God. Well, to be a server at the Hyatt, they wanted to make sure you were experienced. You could only get a job there if you've had restaurant experience in that role before because they're gonna give you large sections, 12 table sections to be specific. So I was, I'd worked at a couple other restaurants before and I was overjoyed to get that role there at the Hyatt. But to do that job as a server, I had to get there at 5 a.m. to prepare for the 6 a.m. opening. It meant you had to get the coffee station ready, you had to get the ice in the ice bin, you had to set the tables ahead of time. You're gonna stay later than the lunch rush to clean everything up, so you had to show up early to set up, you had to stay up late to clean up. And in the middle, you're doing all kinds of behind the scenes things to make sure that the eggs and the bagels and the locks and uh, the bacon and all the good stuff gets out to people. And when you would arrive and you'd share that food with them, you know, the, the server is the one who provides abundance and provides sustenance. Nobody eats unless somebody serves. 
Nobody's nourished. Nobody's fed. Nobody's taken care of in that restaurant setting until somebody serves. Friends, God is calling you into the role where you can provide nourishment and sustenance and and a life-giving experience to others that God places in your path if you will take on the fact that serving is actually joyous and you get a, I get to do this mindset about it. Well, there's another dynamic of serve that I wanna talk about. Maybe you've played tennis or taken up tennis. When I began playing tennis, the one aspect of the game that I stunk at was serving. I could volley, I learned all kinds of aspects, but my serve was so wimpy. And if you figure out how to serve, when you serve properly, you can serve well over 100 miles an hour. And there's great advantage in the role of being the server. You initiate the action. You put things in play. You are the one who is expected to be victorious in that in that game, that match, that set, when you have the advantage of serving. And people who wind up learning how to serve well, it even averages 146 miles an hour. Friends, I want you to know that if you embrace what it means to be a servant of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, there is immense joy and there is immense advantage in being in that role. Well, it is Mother's Day weekend. So let's just spell out mom. And in spelling out mom, we're going to learn some of the dynamics of servanthood. The M, make yourself serve. Uh, It's expected that you wind up being, Jesus took on the very nature of a servant. Just make yourself have the mindset of a servant. Oh, there's an obedience factor. It says that Jesus became obedient even unto death, even to death on a cross. And there's gonna be all kinds of obedience factors that are gonna kick in when you wind up serving. We'll dig into that a little more. M, once again, there's a miraculous result that when it came to Jesus, that at his name, as he was raised from the dead, there's a miracle, uh, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord and God. We're gonna dive into how this plays out in our lives as well. Let's look at the role of the mother of Jesus, the individual of Mary in the New Testament. Now, God selected Joseph and Mary for a reason, righteous individuals. They were highly favored. But Mary's response when she was told that she was going to give birth to the very Son of God by the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon her, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She identified herself as a servant. So you know that she was raising her children in such a way that they would understand servanthood, that she was modeling that for them. Just check out the things that Mary personally experienced in her life that no other person, no other person experienced all of these things. Christmas, she was there. She was there at the incarnation. Boy, howdy was she there. Good Friday, she was there. She was there at the crucifixion. Easter, she was there. She was there for the resurrection. The ascension, she was there when Jesus was taken up into heaven. Pentecost, she was there when the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers in the early church period and they spoke in languages 
that other people could understand and they heard the wonders and the glories of God. Mary was present for each and every one of those moments. And she did not realize when she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said, that that was the ride, that that was the journey that God would take her on. But friends, God's got a ride and God's got a journey for you. When you embrace the role of servanthood. Well, my mom taught me, make your bed, Jimmy. Jesus's mom taught him, eh, Jesus, there comes a time you gotta make some wine. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. This happens in John chapter two, that you can read the fullness of this story, where they were invited to a family, friends, wedding, and Jesus had not performed any public miracles at this time. And Mary says to her son, Jesus, they're out of wine. And Jesus responds by saying, dear woman, what is that to me? My time, my hour has not yet come. And she looks at the servants who are in the room at that moment. And most likely these are, are teenagers. These are, these are very young adults at most. And she says to them, do whatever he says to do. And here's what he says to do. Uh, go take those watering jars. That's where they're empty, but that's where the foot washing water was to be taken from. Go fill them up with water, dip from it, take that, take that water from the foot washing jars and give it to the master of the ceremony of the wedding. And as the master of the ceremony of the wedding drinks of what was that water, it is now turned into wine. And he says, it is the best wine that I've ever drunk in my life. Uh, hopefully not too far of a digression, but having performed, officiated about 175 weddings now, there's inevitably some person who comes up to me afterwards and says, Pastor, Pastor, I gotta tell you, that was the best wedding ever. That's just the best wedding ever. And sometimes I realize, uh, I always know there's a measure of sincerity and I appreciate the encouragement, but every once in a while I realize that, well, they may be filled with, not the Holy Spirit, but some spirits. Pastor, it's the best wedding ever. Anyway, anyway, uh, Jesus actually makes the best wine that was ever made. And the, the master of the ceremony noted that usually they bring out the, the really wimpy stuff later uh, after everybody's had their fill. But Jesus makes the best stuff. Look at that acrostic mom again, that you make yourself a servant. What Mary was doing in that moment in, with the mindset of a servant, she is simply identifying needs. And she's saying, God, here's a need right here. I see a need. That's, a, that's an act of, of a servant. And those servants in that moment, there is this obedience dynamic that kicks in. God voluntolds. You can, you can voluntold to God. You can say, God, there's a need. Do whatever you want to do about that need. That's exactly what Mary does with Jesus. And then Jesus voluntolds those young men and God voluntolds you that there are times that you, you need to go do this. And it's up to you to be obedient and take on the role of a servant and do that. And, and just, and there are miraculous results that take place. Whether, Whatever the water into wine situation is in your life, when you take on the role of a servant, God gets to include you to do miraculous things. Now, sometimes that takes place over a long period of time. It's because of your faithfulness, your faithfulness day after day, week after week, year after year. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it can happen in an instant, but I guarantee you when you make yourself a servant, you're obedient 
miraculous results are going to be the flow, the outpouring of your life. Well, friends, we're going to go to three special guests, and I'm going to ask uh, each of them what they think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, a memorable thought, and how they apply that to their life. Uh, Emily Brechting, clinical psychologist, what's your thought on Mary, and how does that apply to who you are? Well, I think when I think about Mary, if I'm honest, the first thing that comes to mind is just, wow, she was so young. Um, but really, what that I think my response ties in with the fact that just so much was asked of her at such a young age, but it's her response that gets me. She was all in. She took what was really an unimaginable situation, and she just really responded to God's call, and, and she was all in. It's sort of the biblical version of put me in coach, and she gave her heart and, and went ahead and gave it her all. So Jacob Bilesma, uh, when you think of Mary in the Word of God, most memorable thought and how that applies to your life. Yeah, so I guess first off, she had her work cut out for her, uh, raising Jesus. And uh, the one story that I thought of, uh, like right up top, was when they had the um, Passover festival in Jerusalem. They went with like their family and friends. Um, and they left that. And about a day into the uh, journey back, Mary realizes, where's Jesus? And so he's not with their kind of caravan going back. Uh, so they head back to Jerusalem. On like three days later, uh, they're finally able to actually find him. And he's at the temple, uh, just like in the presence of the Lord, um, you know, talking with the priests of the temple. Uh, and what I think is really cool is, you know, Jesus had wandered off, um, but his mom came back for him, which is like a super cool uh, just thing to remember that if we get distracted um, or end up lost somewhere, our moms are there to, you know, kind of come back for us. Uh, but then also, you know, with or without that, there's a place uh, like in the home of Jesus uh, in, the, in God's kingdom, which is something super cool that that kind of shows as well. Like Jesus wasn't afraid uh, in this temple. He was at home. Ed, uh, Parman, who has been a distinguished missionary to the country of Mexico and then also working in the inner city of Indianapolis amongst other kingdom of God endeavors. Uh, when you think of Mary the mother of Jesus, what's your most memorable thought and how does that wind up applying to your life? Well, um, we all perhaps would like an angel to come and, uh, and tell us what our life is going to be like. Gabriel said she was highly favored, but when you think about it, in the culture she was in, what she was commissioned to do was could almost be described as highly disfavored. And yet, as, as Emily said, she was all in with that. She she had the thing that impresses me is that she made the big decision early. And if you can call it a detail about her life, she didn't argue about that. She had made the big decision. And when the Lord said, this is what you're to do, she said, may it be done as, as you said. Amen. Oh, Ed, thank you so much. Uh, what happens in the atmosphere of your home, Emily, when mom gets served and then on the flip side, when a mom is serving, what's the atmosphere of the home like? Yeah, I think I'm going to flip the order in my responses there. I think uh, for a lot of homes, uh, motherhood and serving go together in many ways. And so I think that's kind of a, a natural 
default. Um, and again, I think one of the neatest things about having your kids get a little bit older is that they find they kind of grow into the sense of appreciation for all the things that are happening behind the scenes, right? They begin to understand um, the many things that are that are happening on their behalf. I think one other thing that uh, maybe is a little side piece of the question that you're asking is, I think it's been really neat as my kids have gotten older for them to see me serve outside the walls of our house. So for us, that looks like serving within the church or some leadership positions that I have in their schools or some things that I'm involved with in the community. But I think for them, that allows them to, to understand the character of their mom a lot more and to really see how God has equipped me as, as a unique person. And so I think that service outside the house has been increasingly important uh, for them to kind of get to see model. When my kids serve either me um, or they serve each other, that to me just feels like that 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 moment of joy of, hey, we got this, we're, we're doing this right. Um, it's It makes me feel seen by my kids and my husband, right? That they are understanding all those different things and that sort of um, pushes them or, or drives them to want to reciprocate some of that. It's a, it's a real... Um, physical way of them showing love in return and and to the moms out there that are having a a tough go sometimes it's that little bit of fuel that goes in an empty tank and we really just need that little bit of help from from those that love us and it's enough to keep us going uh they both bring about uh kind of these ideas of joy and thankfulness i'll kind of start with you know the mom serving uh, like our mom does so much for us. Uh, it's like a blessing, everything she does. And being able to um, be thankful for that and be humble um, in that and receive that brings a lot of joy. Uh, you know, it's, you know, nice having a, you know, a mom who's going to have supper on the table for you so that, you you know, you can just eat or, you know, provide the clothes for you or like a place that you can stay in, a, ho- a home. Um, so those are all like blessings that bring a lot of joy. And then I think in returning that, although it's not nearly the same uh, amount in terms of like scaling it, uh, when we serve our mom, I think it does bring joy to her. Uh, It kind of lifts the burden of the things that she has to do. um, And so then brings joy in her her, uh, direction and also allows us to uh, practice humility uh, and gratitude as well. Ed, I'm going to ask you a, a little different question. You spoke to a men's group not that long ago, and I had these guys telling me, Ed talked about the difference of living into the tension of safety and serving. Can you share what you shared with your men's group? We have a good group of men. I love those guys. But in the course of that conversation, um, I said that my purpose in life was not to be safe, but it was to serve. And, uh, of course, immediately you have to, kind of explained a few things. Um, safety is a trigger word now, and so I'm not talking about being foolhardy or uh, disregarding other people's safety. Um, probably the best way to describe it is to use example of what's happening today. You know, uh, frontline workers, uh, first responders, uh, healthcare workers, they take precautions, but being safe is not their primary goal. Serving people is, helping them get well. And so um, they take precautions, but it's to serve. So moving back to, to uh, the conversation about 
about the Lord's kingdom and, and serving the Lord, more than anything, I want to be a frontline worker, a first responder for the Lord. I think, again, as we see um, uh, expressions of gratitude, you know, people lining up cars in form of hearts and, and flyovers and forth, uh, trying to give gratitude and express that, and it warms our hearts. Um, I don't live in a perfect world, and, but I will someday. And, and so whether my life here on earth is longer or shorter, you know, I want um, to serve the Lord uh, regardless of the risk. One day, I'll stand before him, and when I look him in the face and he looks me in the face, the thing that I want to hear most of all is, you did well, Ed. And so that's what I mean by my, my purpose is to serve and not safety. Well done, good and faithful servant is definitely something that we all, oh, Ed, you just inspire me. Jacob, would, would you be so kind as to close us in prayer and just really wrap up the fact that we're, uh, it's a day that we're learning from God about servanthood and using moms uh, as an example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lord, we thank you for this day. Um, and especially we thank you for uh, the moms out there who serve us uh, and are just a blessing to us. Uh, we thank you for you know the other guardians uh, out there as well that help watch over us. Uh, we thank you for um, your kingdom uh, and your fatherhood over us um, and that through that, you know, and through the sacrifice that Jesus made, we are saved. And one day we'll be reunited with you um, up in heaven. I ask that uh, we take the things that we've learned today um, and don't just let them slip away. That even in this difficult time, uh, we continue to just, you know, have a fire for you uh, and to put that into practice, uh, helping to grow the kingdom of God. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.